0: Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is Oakville, Ontario's very talented country singer-songwriter, Paige Rutledge. This conversation was such a blast. We had so much fun. Of course, in this interview, you are going to get to know her a lot better. We also talk about how she truly values authenticity in her music, how she turned her cottage into her own recording studio with her cousin, how growing up she was really inspired by Dolly Parton, Shania Twain, Taylor Swift, and how also throughout her musical career she's been influenced by Maren Morris, Casey Musgraves, and Carrie Underwood, and how she really fell in love with country music at a really young age. She has been writing and performing ever since she was nine years old. We also talk about so much more. This was a wonderful conversation. You're also going to hear two of her incredible songs, Sunshine Sunday and her latest, Good at Missing You. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. First off, Paige, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I really, really appreciate your time. I haven't done a morning interview before, so this is fun. I'm excited. (laughs) I feel like I'm awake and I'm good to go. How are you feeling today? How are you doing on this Friday? I am wonderful. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I know it's still kind of earlyish here. It's noon and I'm like, I should (laughs) be more awake than what I am, but it's Friday and you know, i got up this morning, took the tires, got them all ready to get the winter tires off. And I'm like, We're having
0: a productive Friday. I'm so lucky you guys get to do that already. We can't do that just yet. We got to wait till like May to take off our winter tires because we never know. (laughs) That's the scary thing, right? It's
1: always like you maybe get that April snowfall and you're like, did I do it too soon? But I'm like such a spring and summer person where I'm like, nope we are fully invested in the sunshine. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Let's go. Well, I'm glad you're having a wonderful Friday and we will wake up. Both of us will wake up sooner than later. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So let's get to know you a little bit more. So like you fell in love with country music at a really young age and you've been writing and performing ever since you were nine. So for those who are a little unfamiliar with you, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah.
1: Country music is one of like the first memories I have of music. I've always loved to sing and it's funny, like you see pictures and see videos and stuff when you're little. And half of the time it was me with the karaoke machine that my family got me for Christmas, I guess, one year running around the house dressed in Disney costumes and like being Disney princesses. And I always remember just loving music and loving to sing and just I also love to talk. So I think like singing was like what I wasn't talking as a kid, I was like, I'm just going to sing instead. So it was like, one or the other, just a very chatty, very chatty child. And my grandpa was the one though, who really introduced me to country music as I think back on being young. And he had all, I'll never forget, like going to my grandparents' house. And we went to my grandparents' house a lot growing up and he just had all of these CDs and little cassette tapes of like Dolly Parton and Shania Twain specifically and Charlie Pride Johnny Cash all of the artists that he listened to so I just remember that's what I grew up listening to and I fell in love with Shania Twain right away because who doesn't you know (laughs) and um, as I got like as I started to grow up a little bit and you know I asked him to build me a stage at the cottage so he built me a stage and it was right behind our shed and I used to invite our cottage road down for concerts now I'm sure they weren't great. Cause I was like seven years old trying to put on road concerts for everybody. <laughs> I just loved to sing. There wasn't, I was never like, wow, I want to be a singer or anything, but I think I like slowly started to realize that it was more of my passion as, cause I used to figure skate too. So I was balancing my, I loved figure skating and I loved singing Shania Twain. And so he got really sick when I was young, I was nine. And he would ask me to come over and sing. And at that time I had just discovered like Hannah Montana and everything. So I was singing him like Miley Cyrus songs, <laughs> and, like, high school musical and all that stuff. So I'm not sure if he loved it, but I'm sure he did if we ask him. <laughs> but so when he passed away, I decided that I was going to sing at the funeral. And after that, I just asked my mom and dad, I was like, can I please take singing lessons? Like I want to sing. And they were like, this is the weirdest way to find it. But I think like subconsciously, I don't even know if I realized it in the moment, but that was such an impactful day on my life. And that was what I think helped me get through losing my grandpa so young. And that is what I, you know, when I'm thinking about why I love music so much, it's because it can connect you with so many people and it's there for you in the worst of times and there for you in the best of times. And it's just something that brings everybody together. So I think I had that moment super young, but I don't even know if I realized it until I reflected back on it. And then from there, I've just been singing and anywhere that would let me play. Like I started asking my dad to take me to bars when I was like 11. And he's like, we can't do that yet. That's not okay. So as I got older, we used to go to like the local bars on the street and be like, can I please play? And he would obviously have to stay there. And my dad would do all the bar runs because my mom was at the arena coaching (laughs) figure skating. So it was one of those, one of those things. And it's been really cool to just each year, I just kind of hope that things continue to grow and, you know, I get more opportunities and it's really been like that. And I feel very fortunate for that. I haven't, you
0: know, you hit those downhole moments, of course, too, but I feel very fortunate to be where I am currently and still getting to sing. That is amazing. Like that moment must have been fairly special when you were nine years old and you were performing at his funeral, of course. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting that you said you may not have even realized it in the moment, but that is exactly kind of what you wanted to start doing.
1: It's one of those things too. I think as I've gotten older and I always have known, but I didn't actually do it until recently that I was like, I want to write a song about this. Like it's been something that as I started writing music, I was like, even that young, but obviously at that young, I didn't have or know how to say what I was trying to say, I guess. And it took me a long time to get here. And I just wrote a song about losing him. Like, I guess it was January, 2021. And I honestly think that was the moment where I was like, whoa, like, I don't even know if I knew this being this young, but this had clearly such an impact in my life. And it just like, it was like this aha moment where everything came together and like, it made sense, you know, like it was just, it was so weird. I don't even know if I can put it into words, but I think it's special. And obviously it was not like the most exciting way to get into music, but I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you go through those experiences, even if they're the worst experiences, but you learn and you find your passion. Like I did, I guess, I don't know. It's
0: one of those things that must be so special to you and incredibly powerful to be quite honest, to find it in that way. I think that is beautiful. And now that you're in your twenties and you released your first single at the age of 16, in what ways (laughs) have you changed since then as an artist? And how do you approach your career now?
1: I thank goodness. I have learned so much. (laughs) 16 is a weird age because that's when, yeah, that was when I recorded and released my first song, which was called Someday. I think you think you know a lot more that you, wait, that was not a sentence. You think (laughs) at 16, you know everything, right? And so... I've always been very like open and receptive to learning, but in the moment I was like, I'm 16, I know what I'm doing. And it has been so much, so much <laughs> growth. I'll be 24 tomorrow and learn so much along the way. And I'm very thankful that I've learned so much along the way. I also, the last couple of years, have had more opportunities to work with different people. And you. the more you start to work with other people, the more you learn from them. And I think- that's a really cool thing about the music industry specifically. And I guess that's with anything, but the more you get to just be fully immersed in it and you meet all these people, you learn like new songwriting tricks or new, like recording tricks. It changes your way of thinking. So that's, I now approach music very differently. I also think I have a much better grasp of like myself now than I did at 16. And I have learned a lot about myself along the way and more confident in myself and like knowing that, this is what I want to say. And this is how I'm going to say it rather than being like, this is how I think I should say it. And like, you know, you learn how to be yourself. I guess like music is such a a vulnerable thing, really. Like you're putting all of yourself out there for everybody <laughs> to yeah. see. And if, you have to find that confidence, I think in yourself to be like, this is me. And then your music just becomes so
0: much more real too. And it means more when it's such a reflection of you. For sure. And we're going to be talking about some of your musical influences here in a second, but you've said that you've worked with many, many people over your career so far. So personally in your music career locally, for example, mm-hmm. who have been some of your biggest influences that you've worked with. And what is some of the best advice that you've gotten from them?
1: I am very, very fortunate. I, <laughs> I find, so the first producer I ever worked with, his name's Michael Saracini and he was phenomenal, taught me so much along the way. And it was kind of like interesting the way that we crossed paths. He had this hockey connection back to my family. It was cool. And so that like immediately established this connection, but he really just kind of helped me understand everything. But the last couple of years I've been working with my cousin, Alex tomorrow who is in a Canadian band, they're called Valley. And I think he has taught me more than anybody else. And I will, I tell him that all the time. And I think what is so special about that is obviously we have our family, like connection and we've always been incredibly close but it's nice to have that like he's such a comfort because of him being my cousin that it's almost like I'm not afraid to make those mistakes in the studio or like you know doing this career because he knows or like he's a little bit more insightful and he's very good at giving me his honest advice and it's coming from that family sense so it's like the perfect balance of cousins and actual working (laughs) relationships right now, but it's taught me a lot. And I think because of how close we are, it's just allowed me to really, really not be afraid to make those mistakes and be myself. And I think you learn more when you're able to make those mistakes and learn like along the way and figure out like, okay, this went wrong this time, but how do we do this better next time? And those kinds of things.
0: I haven't actually asked this question to an artist before, but I was thinking about this because I heard it in a different podcast, but Okay, so we're gonna try it out. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, what has been some of the worst music career advice you've ever gotten?
1: Uh, I don't know if advice, but I think. Well, I mean, I guess that's actually a tough question because there's a lot of like, circ- like moments I can like think back to, and I think the biggest thing that people don't know is that there's a lot of people out there that are just kind of in it for the money, unfortunately, aren't, aren't actually there to help you. And I guess like navigating away from those people and it's hard because you get sucked in sometimes. And I remember when I was younger, when people would approach my parents and i be like, but why can't I like, why can't we work with this person? And my dad is like, absolutely not. So I think it was more of those things for me, like the worst part of, it's not necessarily advice, but. Really navigating away from those people and it sucks because you're like, wow, there goes my dreams shattered. Like, thank you. I'm like, what the heck, mom and dad? But then you learn and you're like, no, I get it, I get it as you meet more people. And I guess, like, just no one has like specifically told me this, I guess, but trying to be somebody else is really bad advice. You're like trying to be what you think the industry wants rather than just being yourself, because people much rather want you to be yourself, rather than like a carbon copy of somebody else. And I don't think that's great advice for anybody either, but you do hear those like kind of things circulating around
0: sometimes. No, that is so true because I feel Mm -hmm. like some of the biggest artists these days, like Luke Combs or Morgan Wallen or like Maren Morris and- they're all just versions of themselves. They are authentic. They're exactly. not afraid to release certain songs. They're not a, afraid to just own up to even the nasty comments that they get just yeah. own who they are. So authenticity is coming back and I'm so happy about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And I
1: think that's cool because country is so like specifically based on like the storytelling and the authenticity of an artist. And it's nice to, you're right. It's nice to kind of have that really back as like the thing of country music. is just being yourself and no one's going to judge you. I think it's a really cool genre because you can sing about anything really. And I think that's
0: cool. Like, why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> No, it's super inspirational, you know, and growing up, you were really inspired by, you mentioned like Dolly Parton and yes. of course, Shania Twain and Taylor yeah. <laughs> Swift, but Dolly Parton and Taylor Swift for their songwriting and Carrie Underwood mm. for her stage presence yes. and ability to capture an op An audience. And then Shania Twain, you said, is probably your biggest influence overall, especially when it comes to your musical sound. You're also really influenced by Maren Morris and Casey Musgraves because you feel they both bring a really fresh approach to country music and they are very authentic and true to Mm -hmm. themselves. And so how do you incorporate their influences into your music and your sound while also staying true to your authentic self? How do you balance that?
1: Yeah, it is. It's interesting, too, because I always try to make a list of reference songs like before going into actually recording and being like, especially it's funny because everything is like basically we're like, oh, this Marin guitar from this song. We're like, oh, Casey with like that little pop thing going on there. But I I really, really tried and I think I've learned a lot over the past year at being like, is this me or is this what I think is cool? Because Marin Morris did it and I think there's one thing like taking the influence from it or doing it being like oh it's because she did it so I really just really tried to like hone in being like that sound but is this me and so thank god for Alex because that's where he comes (laughs) in when we're producing all our stuff and we work really hard to try to find you know like that authenticity in the music it is kind of tricky sometimes and I don't know I've worked it's definitely like a mind thing like once you get over that and just being like this is me. And, you know, people are going to accept me for who I am. I hope I think they do so far. So, so far, so good. And really just like focusing on my biggest thing is, and even when I'm writing songs, I'm like, if I wouldn't say this, like, I'm not going to sing it. And that's kind of the same thing with sounds. Cause sometimes like guitar stuff sounds cool, but I'm like, it sounds cool, but like, do I want this to be a part of my song? So really narrowing in on is this me rather than just being like, wow, this is really cool, but still taking from those people and being like, I like what they did here because you know, they pushed the boundaries a little bit and added more pop into it and not aren't afraid to experiment with those pop sounds rather than just some of the country sounds too.
0: For sure. And we are going to play one of your songs here in a couple of minutes, sunshine Sunday, but first (laughs) we're going to go back to the authenticity thing because I read on your (laughs) profile and on a, few other articles that I did read about you, you really do value authenticity in your music. Mm -hmm. You want your songs to be relatable and you want everyone to find their truth in your song. So tell us about a writing session with you. How do you put your thoughts and feelings (laughs) and experiences into a song, which I mean, we talked about this a second ago, how vulnerable it is, but you also make it personal to someone else. So what is your creative process? How do you do that?
1: (laughs) As I said, I like to talk.
0: So once I start talking,
1: (laughs) Once I start talking, it just keeps going and going and going. And there's specific people I know that I write with that really pull store like my stories out of me. And then like Sunshine Sunday, for example, is fun because I wrote that with Mariah Stokes and Ridge Cloak. And we were talking, we were it was a rainy April day. Like last year, like I was looking at my window and I'm like, Oh, I just want to be at the cottage. I'm like, I just want to be with my friends. And then we started talking because, you know, that's such a real thing that ever, especially during at that time, lockdown, we all just wanted to be with our friends. And so we're like, well, let's write a song about it. All those things. But everything I, I think of, or like I walk around during the day and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what I'm thinking. So I write it down. Or if I watch like other people, like my friends stories play out and I'm like, that's so interesting. Like that's something we all go through. And so I really try to keep track of everything. And then I just like take voice memos of my stories. And I'm like, ah, this looks so weird as I'm walking around Walmart, talking to myself with my phone, but everything is, could be a song, which is so (laughs) interesting. But I think it's actually, it's my co-writers. I will say the people, it's specific people that I write with that I know can pull things out of me that I didn't even know. I think were inside. I'm like, that just makes it So, so, so real. Cause I'm like, if you were able to pull that out of me, then those are things that we've definitely all been through. And maybe there are even things I'm scared to say or scared that like to express, you know, especially when your heart gets broken. Like when you're writing those sad kind of heartbreak songs and those like good at missing you, the song that just came out. I only had the title sitting there and then everyone was like, And what about this and this? And I'm like, Oh, I didn't think I was going to get sad today, but here we go. (laughs) You know? So I really just take all of the things that happen. I write them all down. And then if you just keep talking to, and that's the thing that's fun about co-writing is half the time you're writing with your friends. So it really just feels like a conversation and people like jotting notes in the background. You don't even realize some of the things you said. Sometimes that end up turning into lyrics or into like other ideas that come from it. So I think that's cool. And I think that's just when you're chatting with your friends, that's when you're the most yourself and then songs are born from that. So, and then we all relate, we all find, you know, our version of the version of the truth and
0: specific lyrics or situations. And that's what I, that's just what I always hope to do. (laughs) I love that. And I love that you said that you can pretty much find anything to put into a song and everything can be a song or a story. So where's the weirdest place that you've ever been inspired? <laughs> I love to people
2: watch.
1: <laughs> you just especially I love it. <laughs> it's just you never know what you're going to see. And I think that's kind of the cool thing about music sometimes, is I get to play like in a bunch of different cities and travel around quite a bit around Ontario and more recently in to Nashville. And you really see some interesting things play out. And so those, I don't know if I have like weirdest spot but i love watching people especially like drunk people at a bar because those are the most interesting
0: (laughs) type of people You just never know what you're going to (laughs) see. Never know. (laughs) But that's the fun part, like you said. So we are going to play Sunshine Sunday here. And you did talk about it a couple of seconds ago, of course, and a little bit about it with Mariah Stokes and Rich Cloak being on it, two very prominent names in the Canadian country music scene. But before we play it here, tell us a bit more about the creation of this song and where it came from.
1: Yeah. So like I said, we were just sitting on Zoom because it was (laughs) April 2021 and we're all in lockdown. And I'm a huge, huge cottage kid. Like I love going to my cottage. It's my favorite place in the world. It's the escape from reality. And it's really, it's hard to describe because I talk about it so often And it's really everybody on the road is this family and community that I just Everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. But then I bring friends to their cottage and they're like, you guys are so weirdly close, but it's so cool. (laughs) And like, it's one of those things where I can't even describe it until you experience it. But it's my favorite place in the world, the best people. And it's just one of those places where you can truly be yourself because no one cares like what you do when you get back home. We're all just there to have a good time and be together and, you know, water ski, play volleyball, drink on the dock, like all of those things. And so that's what I was really missing at that time and missing seeing my friends and sitting like on the dock or sitting in a backyard with friends outside in the sun. And obviously, like I said before, we were all kind of going through that after being in lockdown for, I guess a year at that point. And Mariah had this idea sitting in her phone and she brought it up and Rich and I were like, wow, that's really cool. And then Sunshine Sunday was (laughs) born and it really like went on this different track and it's cool. It's really fun. And it turned in, it was one of those things too. As soon as we finished writing the song, I just knew it had this like special place immediately in my heart. And I was like, this is just, it's fun. I think everybody can relate to being around or missing being around their friends or hanging out with their friends, you know, getting too drunk on a Sunday with your friends, day drinking, like we all definitely do that. And so I immediately texted Alex right after. And I was like, hi, I think I have the next single (laughs) just in case you're wondering.
0: And then that's how Sunshine Sunday came to be. I love it. Well, here is everybody's new Sunday Funday song. This is here is Sunshine Sunday by our guest, Paige Rutledge. <laughs> Sunshine Sunday by our guest Paige Rutledge. Absolutely love that song. Everybody's new Sunday Funday song. (laughs) So ever since releasing your first single at 16, you began playing gigs at local bars and restaurants. Like you mentioned, you wanted to even start playing at bars when you were 11, but you know, (laughs) you know, might not be allowed. 16 like pushes it a little bit, but when a kid walks in, they're like, Probably not. No, <laughs> Seven years later, like even to this day, you have played all over Ontario. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you get to do new cities all the time and you've had very notable performances and highlights, including Toronto and Muskoka Ripfest, Fest, top 20 at Vigna's Hoedown Showdown, showcases and collaborations with the CMAO, Winter Folk Music Festival, Hillside Inside Festival, and several others, just to name a few places that yeah. you have played. So tell us a bit about your performance style. What can we expect from you on stage? stage. Oh my God. That is my favorite part of choosing to do music.
1: And I live for live performances. And I think that's why it hit me so hard. And I'm sure I can, a lot of musicians will relate to this and artists. It hit hard when they're like, well, everything's closed. And I feel that's where I can really be myself. And it's so cool. And <laughs> but what you can expect is a very interactive performance. Don't think you're coming to watch me sing and you in the audience don't get to sing too. And I specifically like have parts in specific songs and I'm like, hi, listen, you don't know me. You don't know this song, but I promise you, you're gonna know it by the end of it. And you didn't know that it was your turn to sing, but it's now your turn to sing. And I think it's so fun because people in the moment you see them looking around and they're like, I don't want to sing, but then they get into it. And you're like, this is why I think it's so cool. Cause I can stand up here and sing the whole time, but I want." to entertain people. And I want people to sing back to me too. Cause I'm like, that's such a fun. And like, hopefully it's a memorable experience after that, whether or not you hated it, I can either be the girl, I guess, where they're like, Oh my God, she made us sing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no thanks. Or you're like, wow, now I know this song, maybe it gets stuck in your head and you know, but it's just so fun. And there's something about being on stage. And I mean, I also like getting to dress up in sparkles too. So like, that's one of my favorite parts about performing, but it's just, it's such a, it's that face-to-face interaction you get to have with an audience and you see them smiling. And then I'm a huge like energy person where like, if they're having a good time, then my energy increases. And it's just like that back and forth. And I always leave shows and I'm like, well, now I'm not sleeping for the night because I'm so just like (laughs) pumped up on everything. But yeah, I love performing. That's always been my favorite part about it. And I think that honestly goes back to figure skating when I was a kid, because I used to love competing and being like there and present in the moment. So I'm like, you work so hard to do this. And now this is the moment. And I think that's the same thing with music. You get to write all these songs and you get to record them or, you know, do all these things. But then it's like now you get to perform them and be in that moment and share it face-to-face with people, which is really special.
0: That sounds so special. That is just yeah. so amazing. I love that so much. So what is your favorite cover song to sing on stage? And what is your favorite original song to sing?
1: Man, that's a great question. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, honestly, I like, am formulating this list in my head right now. I'm like, you have to pick one page, probably any man of by Shania Twain, because it's a banger and who doesn't want to sing? it? Shania Twain, exactly. <laughs> Let's go, girls! Yeah, everybody right? exactly. off. <laughs> go, everybody. Off <laughs> and you're like, people are like, I don't like that song. I'm like, but you're telling me when you hear the
0: now, you're not ready to go. <laughs> like, liars, all of you. Or even <laughs> the violin part with "Come on over," like yes. And I, you know what? That's what's so cool about Shania Shania Twain too. She hooks you right in at
1: the beginning, and you're like as much as the lyrics are iconic, the violin, the guitar, any of the parts, you're like, this is also just as iconic. Mm-hmm. So she's a queen, but I don't know what my favorite original is probably right now to play live. I mean, I love playing them all, but broken record is really fun to play live. Cause that's the part where after the bridge I'm like so you guys didn't know you were singing but the words aren't hard all you have to say is baby we're a broken record it takes a little bit but they get into it because it's so repetitive and then what I love about that is I make the audience sing it once and then throughout the rest of the song they sing it back kind of with me or I can see people continuing to sing and I'm like that's special like that's one of those cool moments where I'm like wow people are singing my song like that's that's cool like it's one of those moments I don't think you ever actually get over is people singing your songs like back to you
0: or with you and
1: if you can create the moment, then why not? So that one's fun to do as well.
0: If you were asked to suggest only one of your songs to someone for them to hear, which one would it be?
1: Oh, oh, one of my favorites, I guess, ever, ever, ever. When I was putting this one out, I don't think I expected, I, I was hoping it was going to resonate with people, but I didn't expect it to resonate as much as it did with people. And anytime I meet somebody new or I was just playing a show, actually this past week for Oshawa Music Week. And I have never met these people and they came up to me and they were like, take me back to Tiki is my favorite song ever. I think those are the moments where I'm like, I expected to take me back to Tiki or I was hoping it was going to resonate, but I didn't realize that it was going to be that song. And anytime I meet somebody new, they say, take me back to Tiki. And so that one has a very special place in my heart. And so I think I would say, take me back to Tiki. Cause it's like the little more chill side of page that comes out every so often usually it's the high energy all the time but sometimes we're like here's the chill vibe but I think there's something special about for me at least with take me back to tiki because it is just like beyond personal because I'm like I know not everybody has a tiki bar but so
0: I think I'd say take me back to tiki final answer ah there's so many <laughs> so many. I love that that is so cool so when you first released your very, very first song ever when it was fully mixed and produced uh, and you heard it for the first time. What was that feeling for you? It's so special. It's,
1: it's one of those things where, so I, it's on YouTube somewhere, but I actually put out a song when I was, I think 12, nice. it was called just let it rain. I hope it's not on YouTube anymore, but I'm pretty sure
0: it is. I may look this up later. Oh my <laughs> God.
1: But so that one, I just did. I don't think I was like, Able to comprehend what was going on there. But when I released Someday when I was 16, it's one of those things where that was my first time, like in a professional studio, you know, like watching someone record with you or mixing and mastering and all those things. And you're hearing all these words and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's such a process that is honestly like one of the coolest things I think to see start to finish because you hear the song, you go in like bare bones, do the whole thing. And then when you get that final product, you're like, oh my God, we created this. Like, and that was one of those moments for me where I was like, this is cool. Like this is, how can you not just be so inspired by the process every single time to watching your song grow with you and with your team and seeing people just as proud as the song as you are, as you went into it. So it's definitely an unreal feeling. And I think I've been fortunate enough to be much more involved in the production the last couple songs. And so being even more involved is more special because you're sitting there like when I get to sit there with Alex and we're picking guitar parts, we're picking these things and really having that input. It's it's so special. Like I don't even know if I have another word besides that. You're literally watching something. Not to get like so dramatic, I guess, but watching something grow
0: in front of you. I'm like, is that a thing? Can I say that? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, it's not a baby. I swear, but it's a song baby. I guess.
0: I've heard so many artists call their songs actually babies before like I know we're not supposed to pick favorite children but
1: (laughs) and that's where I'm like it's my little song baby growing and I'm like I hope people don't think that's weird like it's a thing (laughs) all of us artists go through it
0: I swear it's a real thing Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, I think that is so cool that you get involved with all the aspects of the creation of Mm -hmm. your songs. I think that is so important for artists to be able to have that knowledge on how not just to write a song and sing a song and perform a song, but also get behind the scenes and know how to produce it, know how to mix it, know how to at least have the knowledge to at least do something else with it. You know, I think that is very important. And I read that you did turn your cottage into your own recording (laughs) studio using all the equipment that you had and you did all the recording looking out onto a lake which would be absolutely beautiful so tell us (laughs) about that experience what was it like using your own recording studio and doing your own work well so when Alex and I wrote because he's the other writer on take me back to tiki when we wrote
1: that we were like the hottest part of the pandemic so we were like well (laughs) <laughs> we can't go anywhere. And so we are, we were fortunate enough to combine mostly Alex's stuff, but fortunate enough to combine what we had. We turned the cottage into a recording studio. And so it's always funny though, because our families are upstairs and we're like, hi, you need to be quiet. We're so sorry. Like stop laughing, stop having fun. Cause we're working <laughs> right now. But I think it's cool too, because I mean, my grandma specifically loves it. She secretly is like, always listening down the stairs and like trying to hear what's going on. <laughs> and so it's so cute because now when she's able to, to come to live shows again, I see her sitting in the back and she's singing every single word. I'm like, it's cause you've been there since the beginning. I get it. And so it's cool. It's just what I love about it too is there's not the pressure of studio time. And cause obviously that's a cost. And so when we are on our own time, I feel that pressure having to be so perfect in that, moment sometimes is gone and I think for me at least because I'm such a perfectionist when I'm so comfortable in a place or just you know like not stressed about external factors is when I think I can get my best vocal takes or like just be you know like so present in that moment and so focused on what we're doing and it's just special like as I said my cottage is my favorite place and the fact that we get to record and turn everything into (laughs) recording studios it's cool. It's special. It adds more to the process, I think.
0: That would have been so peaceful, too, and like so magical. And like, total side note here, We're gonna go off the rails a bit for a second, but can we of talk course. about grandmas for a second? Because, like, my grandma and like everybody I know, well, everybody has grandma, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, grandmas are the most supportive people on the planet. Like, they, will they just are do everything for us. <laughs> yeah. And my
1: two, so I've lost both of my grandfathers, but so my two grandmas are like, Little peas in a pod and they more recently they've been able to come to more shows with everything opening up and being a little bit more you know okay to go out so they've been there and the one grandma the one with the cottage she sits in the back and sings every single song and (laughs) cries at every single thing never fails and not because she's sad because she's just so proud and I'm like stop crying. You're going to make me cry. And then my other grandma stands with her iPhone that she's learning how to work still. And and she comes up to me, she goes, I recorded everything. And I'm like, oh no, no, I know. I saw you. Like I saw you. I didn't miss it. And I truthfully, just my family in general, I could not ask for a more supportive family. And that just makes what you get to do more enjoyable too. Like when you know that they're there supporting you and it's, it's unlike anything you can ask for. So
0: I think it's adorable. I'm always like, Oh my God, grandmas, but you know, you don't grow out of that. <laughs> you really don't like my grandma's you the don't. exact same way. She will find some way to listen to me anytime, anywhere that she can. And she still, <laughs> she tears up. I'm just on the radio. I'm just a personality. And she's like, I get to hear my Sarah and I'm like, Grandma, Aww, stop it. <laughs> but
1: that's so nice. And it's just, it's so,
0: when, you know, they're just like, believing in you. You're like, okay, I'll keep going. I can't can't do this. There are little cheerleaders and I love them. Exactly. Exactly. Me too. (laughs) So before we talk about your new song, good at missing you, we got to talk about what is next on the horizon for you. Like off the record, we did talk about how you are booking more shows and you're getting Mm -hmm. out there a bit more for all the way through summer into the fall. So tell us what is next for you? What's on the horizon? Oh my goodness. So much. And it's,
1: Almost overwhelming looking at the calendar, but in the best way possible, because I'd rather look at it and be overwhelmed and be like, wow, this is a lot going on, rather than being like, oh my goodness, how am I going to fill my time? So, yeah, I've already, we have two, if not three, we'll see how the year plays out, but two more singles for sure, if not three. And that's super fun. We're just in the process of finishing. Well, actually the next one coming out is like wrapping up and then we're starting production actually tomorrow for the third single of the year. So everything is just always in the process of being recorded. Soundcheck entertainment is hosting their second annual festival. And I got named the co-headliner on the Friday night, which was beyond exciting. And because Hendrick from soundcheck, when he had asked me and like reached out and he's like, what do you want to play? And I was like, absolutely like what would never say no first of all anytime someone's like you want to sing I'm like yes <laughs> doesn't matter where I'm in and then he messaged me I guess it was the day before the release last Friday and he's like just so you know your co-headliner and I was <laughs> like, like ah! <laughs> and so it's just it's so it's so cool and that's my first time being in that position for a summer festival so I'm pretty excited pretty pumped about that and so the shows, the live, or that is the same thing. The shows, (laughs) live music. I just got too excited. The shows and new music. It's just so many things coming this year. And, you know, all you can really hope for is just to be able to get to do what you love to do every day. And so I'm very thankful that I get to play all these writers rounds and get to play these festivals this coming summer and play some other, other shows in the summer as well and just continue to write and record music. 2022 is shaping up to be a very nice year so far. So very excited about the rest of it.
0: Well, where can everybody follow along with you on all these adventures and catch up on all your shows and get all your music? Because <laughs> that's the fun part. <laughs> I love that question. Everybody <laughs> asks
1: it. <laughs> it's the, everything is at Paige Rutledge. You can just find me by my name,
0: Paige Rutledge. All there. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we got to talk about "Good at Missing You," your most uh, recent release, and it is a very, very strong follow-up to your previous releases, which we talked about: "Broken Record," "Sunshine Sunday," and "Take Me Back to Tiki." And the idea was you brought the idea to your co-writers, Aaron Pollock mm-hmm. and Lydia Sutherland, who've also been featured on One to Watch Wednesday. They're very prominent. Love
2: here. them.
1: Love and of, them.
0: <laughs> and of course, Alex DeMuro as well yes. in August 2021. So this song's been sitting around for a little bit of a time, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's out now and so excited. And yeah. you each had experienced something similar to this idea and you have said the song essentially wrote itself within an hour and you all pulled from your personal experiences to really get across that emotional vulnerability you feel when you are missing someone so beyond that tell us about the song and what it means to you and how you did create it before we played here for sure so I think a lot of that day had to do with the people and
1: like I said it's fun always when you get to write with your friends, but also like there's something about writing with friends specifically because they, like I said, they can pull those things out of you because they're not afraid to ask you those questions. And Lydia and I had been writing together for a while before that. And that was though the first time the four of us had written together, but we all knew each other. And, but that was the first time where the four of us are like, oh, like we all write with one another. Why don't we just do it? together. And so it was cool. And Lydia and Aaron are just also like anybody knows or writes with them. They're just little, once they start, there's no stopping them. There's no <laughs> stopping them ever. And so it was, it was the perfect combination. I think of the four of us, but yeah, I had this idea, this title sitting in my phone for a while and I wasn't sure what to do with it. Cause I was like, I don't really know where to specific, like where to go with it. But I was like, I think there's something in here. And, you know, you, go through those breakups or you go through those situations where you miss that person after. Like, I think that's a very natural and normal human thing to go through. And there's, as soon as we started talking, like all of these ideas just kind of came flowing out and it was a very special one. It was a really special, right? I think my biggest thing that I took away from that day is when you are vulnerable and when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, it's amazing to really see where songs can go. And I think that's one of the trickier things. I was so nervous to put this song <laughs> out and I was so nervous to play it live. Like I played it live for the first time the Thursday night before it came out. I was playing in Nicole Ray's All Women Writers Round. And I literally said to the audience, I was like, I don't get nervous, but I'm like, I am shaking and sweating right now playing this for you guys, because it's one of those things, like I said earlier, you just make yourself so vulnerable, but you have to do it. Like you have to push yourself to be vulnerable and to share these experiences because people go through them and, you know, we all, we've all been there. We've all go through that. And so that was another one of those. And Alex was thankfully sitting right beside me, but as soon as we finished it we're like, so are we starting production today? Or like, what's going on with this one? And it was cool. It was a process. It was one of those things where I was like, not on the fence ever with, I knew I was going to release it, but it was just that matter of when, and I am so happy to have it out. And I don't know what I'll ever do a ballad again at some point, but it was cool because I was like, I've never done a ballad, like all the rest. I mean, I guess Tiki is more like ballad-y Ish, but not breakup ballad. That's a totally different stream. But broken record and sunshine Sunday, you're so like in your face. Like let's have a good time. So I think that was a huge, uh, huge step for me too. Was showing this different side that I do have this vulnerability and emotions, and I'm not happy all the time. And so it's special. It's a very special song, and it's gotten a ton of love. Like it was. It's been such an overwhelming week, but in the best way possible, and just. People coming up and telling me they love it. And that's all I can really ask for at the end of the day is that people love it as much as I do.
0: Well, I'm gonna be one of those people and say that I love it. So thank you. <laughs> thank and I'm you. so happy that it's out in the world and it's so thank gorgeous. You. And before we played here, I gotta get you to introduce it for us. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Do I say my name? Do I yes, say- you do you can <laughs> do
1: anything you like? This is your show. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is the moment I'm living for. All right. Well. My name is Paige Rutledge and you're listening to my new single, Good at Missing You.
2: Yeah, I feel like a winner, dodging calls from your sister, block unfollow, delete, I can finally breathe, when they If I'm fine I'll say yes in record time Moving on with my life Been a month since I cried I'm good at checking the parking lot twice Before I walk in I'm getting good at not calling your number And time to time I still wonder what you're up to tonight 5309 on that exit sign, Halfway between your place and mine That wrong turn feels so right Sometimes like closure, something I'm no closer to Being good at missing you billboards
0: Here is our guest Paige Rutledge with her latest, Good at Missing You. And a few minutes ago, you also heard her song, Sunshine Sunday both such good songs right there both of those songs and all of her music is available wherever you buy download or stream your music right now and also make sure you follow along on all of her social media and on her website page to follow along on her very exciting and very promising musical journey A massive thank you going out to Paige for hanging out this week on One to Watch Wednesday. That was an absolute hoot. That is your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out and have a great rest of your day.